Hey, good morning and welcome home to Cassidy. My name is Stephen Mitchell and I'm the lead pastor here at Cassidy and it is a great joy to be here with you, to be able to celebrate what God is continuing to do even in the midst of uh, a strange situation that we find ourselves in. So if you're visiting us online, if you're checking us out online, however you got here, welcome to you. We're excited that you are here with us. Uh, we're excited that you have decided to come and hang out with us for, uh, for this service. Uh, my hope is is that in this group of folks, uh, you will find a, a group of people who are passionate about following Jesus, about growing to be disciples, about trying to figure out what Jesus wants of us and how we can be the people that God has called us to be. And so we're, we're glad that you have joined us. Hopefully you will, you will experience that and you will be able to celebrate that. And at the end of this, you will grow closer to God. We've been on this sermon series called Long Story Short. The idea of Long Story Short is to take the Bible, the entirety of the Bible, 66 books, a uh, multitude of authors over a lot of time and to condense it into a 13-week sermon series. So we had our, uh, our work cut out for us. We started with creation and we moved all the way through. And last week, we celebrated Easter. Uh, if you were able to join us for that, it was, a, it was a great opportunity to be united in the presence of Christ, even though we're not able to be together in, uh, in physical contact. So we're excited that we get to continue to meet online and that we get to continue to worship online. And so we're going to continue our sermon series. Before we do that, there are three things that we had talked about from the get-go that we wanted to do with this series. One, we wanted to learn more about God, about who God is, this God that, that loves us and pursues us, this God that created all things and sent Jesus to us. And, and so the second thing is we wanted to learn more about God's story of redemption. We're looking to understand this one story. If you haven't caught it the, through the entire Bible, this one story of God's redemptive purpose, of his desire to return his people to right relationship is exactly what this is all about. And so we want to learn more about that story through this, this process. And third, and maybe most important for us, is we want to learn more about our place in God's story. What is, what is our purpose in God's story? Are we called to just be witnesses to what other people have done? Or are we called to go and do and be uh, a little bit different? And so that my, my expectation is that we will learn how to see a little bit more of that uh, for ourselves today. Today specifically, uh, because like I said, we talked about Easter last week, the resurrection. This week, we're going to talk about God's mission for the people who followed Jesus, uh, God's mission for you and for me. And so I wanted to start by saying, hey, let's take a moment. We have this whole online platform, and whether you're joining us on Facebook Live or on our live.cassidychurch.org uh, platform, either way, uh, take a moment and, and, and type in what, what comes in mind when I say mission. When I say the word mission, what is it that pops into your head? Is there something uh, that you're thinking of that, that really, uh, you know, kind of comes to the top? Just take a moment and type it out. I think this is going to be hilarious because some people are at a different point in time in the service, like they join and they're a few seconds behind. And so they're going to be like, I have no idea what's happening right now because people are going to be talking. So what comes in mind? Now, unfortunately, I can't see it, but I'm going to go back and take a look at, at what people write because uh, I think this is so important for our story today. For me, 
When I think about it, uh, what comes to mind when I think of mission is something like James Bond, where he's got, he's got this mission to overthrow Spectre, or uh, he's got this uh, ultimate evil that's trying to take over, and he's, he's fighting against that. Or maybe even Mission Impossible with Tom Cruise, or even the original Mission Impossible, which was really cool too. Either way, it's this idea that, that there is some, some great task that needs to be overcome, and, and the teams come together, and, and they work to... To, to make it happen, to, to be successful in that. And so my hope is that during this process, we can, we can learn more about mission because what I've found in my life is that when I think about mission in such a grandiose way, uh, I'm often disappointed. And the reason I'm disappointed is because mission uh, is not necessarily so complex, so big, so broad. A mission can be something small and simple that, that, that allows you to be successful. So in 1989, I, uh, I went into the Navy. I joined the Navy, and as a recruit, I went to this beautiful place called San Diego, where I quickly found uh, that I hated everything about San Diego because I was in boot camp. Um, and, and this actually is a picture. Uh, it is not my, my uh, group of folks, but that is my company commander. Uh, I found this on Google, and I was instantly uh, upset because I still, the guy freaks me out. Um, I will do just about whatever he asks of me, no matter, <laughs> no matter what, um, because that's, that's what I learned. That became my mission when I was in boot camp because I hated doing what these poor guys are doing, all the physical exercise that they had to do. And I didn't have a choice. It wasn't like I could be like, no, you know what? I don't think I'm going to do that. It was, that was what I was told to do. And that's what I had to do. And so that's, that's where I found myself. My mission became a mission of doing just exactly what that man said. And if you've ever seen Forrest Gump and you see the scene where he says, because you told me to drill sergeant, uh, that's exactly how my life was. I wanted to do anything that man wanted me to do just so that he would not make me do any more push-ups, sit-ups, run any more miles, or hold a 12-pound uh, rifle that's filled with lead out in front of me because I had done something stupid. Uh, knowing me, uh, many of you do, I, I did that a lot. So it was a lot of time that I had to spend uh, trying to figure out how not to get in trouble with him. So the, the reason that I bring this up is because when we think about mission, sometimes we can think about it in that sense, where we're, our mission is just to avoid punishment, avoid being, uh, being in trouble, or avoid being, uh, uh, having somebody be upset with us. And if, if your mission in the church is based off of that, I, I, w I want you to know that you're, you're missing the mark. That, that God has something better in mind for you. Uh, the mission that God has for us, those who follow Jesus, is one that, that moves us and compels us, and it becomes our purpose in life. And, and so if your, your mission for Christ is, oh gosh, I gotta, guess I should go tell somebody about Jesus, um, that's really not what God has in mind for us. God has in mind something bigger, something more grand for his people to be in that community of faith and, and how to share the love and grace that God gave to them. So I want to continue with this and, and ask you a second question, and this is going to be an online question as well. Uh, when I say the word commission, what 
comes to mind. So again, if you have a moment, just go ahead and type that in and, and maybe have a little quick conversation sidebar. Uh, I don't usually invite people to have conversations in church while, while I'm preaching, so welcome to the, the brave new world. Um, but the idea I, I wanted to do is, is commission can have so many different ideas. And maybe you're sitting out there and you're thinking of sales commissions, or you're thinking of Commissioner Gordon from Batman, or you're thinking of a fan fantasy football commissioner, or you're thinking of an officer commission in the military, whichever way it is, the, the idea is that, um, that, that there are so many different uses for the term commission in our society, it can be hard to understand when we talk about Jesus' great commission, which we're going to get to here in just a minute, when we talk about that, what is it that we're being, that we're talking about? What does commission even mean for us? And so I wanted to start us off with this. This is uh, a definition of commission. I didn't intend for that to rhyme, but that's cool. So we're going to keep going. Uh, the com a commission is authority to act for in behalf of or in place of another. I'm going to say that again, authority to act for in behalf of or in place of another. To me, that, that's very profound because I didn't expect to see the word authority in there when I started looking up the word commission. And the reason that I didn't expect it is because in my head, commission was about uh, the, the, the follow through. It was a standing order or something along those lines. But what Jesus is, is doing is Jesus in the Great Commission is giving us authority to act in behalf of or in place of Jesus. Now, let that soak in for a minute. Let, let that filter through whatever barriers you've put up, whatever way you're trying to, to protect yourself, because there's some profound insight into what Jesus is calling us to do, what, what we understand. It's not, I have to do this, but I, I get to act in behalf of Jesus. I get to live on behalf of Jesus. I get to do uh, things for the kingdom of God, for the purpose of God. And so what I want us to understand from this is we have been commissioned by Christ for the mission of Christ. God has called us to be his people. God continues to call us even in our current situation and invites us to be the people that he is after, the people that, that love the world in a radical and crazy way, the people that make a difference for his kingdom right here and right now. And that's what we've been looking at during this entire story, the, the story of God's passionate love for us and how he pursues us and so I wanted to, to start with all of that before we jump into what Jesus tells us in the Great Commission. Now, if you're not familiar, uh, in Matthew's 28, uh, Matthew's gospel in the 28th verse, or 28th chapter, uh, is where we find the Great Commission. And, and before we jump into that, I just wanted to, uh, to give you a little bit of insight of where we were. Last week, we stopped with Easter. Uh, we celebrated Jesus' resurrection, and Jesus was in the presence of Mary, but none of the disciples had seen Jesus resurrected other than, than Mary and the women that, that were there with her. And so now 
we're going to jump forward in time about 40 days because for 40 days, Jesus has been with uh, coming in and among the disciples. He shows up to the 11 in, uh, to 10 of the 11 in the upper room, but Thomas wasn't there. Later, he shows up to all 11 that are still there because you remember Judas uh, had killed himself and, and was no longer part of the 11. And so now we've got uh, Jesus showing up in the middle of a locked room and, and revealing a little bit more about who he is. And, and the gift that, that people have in, in who he is and all of those uh, beautiful elements that take place in that 40 days. Paul tells us in Corinthians that f- over 500 believers saw Jesus at the same time uh, and, and were able to, to interact with the resurrected Christ. And if that's the case, that's just powerful stuff. And so we've, we've got all of this going on. And then Jesus says to the 11, he's like, hey, I want y'all to go back to Galilee, to that mountain that I'm telling you about. Now, we don't know which mountain it is, uh, and it's not important, but the the disciples knew exactly which mountain Jesus was talking about. Uh, Scholars like to argue and bicker about which mountain it is. Maybe it's the Mount of Transfiguration. It doesn't say. So I'm excited that they go and they know which one to go to. And so Jesus meets with his disciples on the top of that mountain. This is what Matthew's gospel says. It says, then the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Now I want to take a minute right here and say, if this is the first time that you've heard this, um, I hope like me, when I hear that some people doubted, that, that lifts my spirits a little bit. And, and here's why. Because I don't know anyone that has never had any doubt in their life, that, that lived without doubt uh, in, in relationship with God. And I, I don't know any pastors even that haven't looked in the mirror and wondered to themselves if they were insane for doing all the things that, that we're doing. And so when, when I have trouble and when I have doubt in my life, it's good to know that I'm in good company, that the disciples themselves doubted. Now, Scholars, again, will bicker and argue over what they doubted. Which, which piece did they doubt? Did they doubt that Jesus was uh, going to show up? Did they doubt the future of Jesus' church? Did they doubt whatever it was? We don't know exactly what they were doubting, but we're in good company when we doubt. And I think our doubt can help to strengthen our, our faith over time because it's when we doubt, when we wrestle with our faith, that God shows up in a big and a profound way. And so uh, if you're doubting, if you're, if you're out there joining us online and you're like, man, I don't, I don't believe any of this. The only reason I'm here is because my wife said we were tuning in today. Understand that, that God understands your doubt and that God encourages you even in the middle of your doubt and that you can find hope in who Jesus is even if you're doubting right now. It doesn't all have to happen right at, at one time. So uh, we're going to continue with this. It says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Friends, I, I don't know about you, but when, when, I, when I go through that, when I, when I listen to that, um, there are a few things that stand out to me. First is when Jesus, uh, when Jesus comes to the disciples and he says, all authority in heaven 
and on earth has been given to him. Now, for me, I, I immediately try to ponder what the disciples would have been thinking about. And, and uh, interestingly, I'm like, okay, so now Jesus, my friend, my best friend in Peter's case, maybe, uh, is, is now seated at the right hand of God the Father, and all authority is his. And in the past, Jesus said that he is giving us his authority. So that means for me, now all authority that Jesus has is my authority, and that means all authority on heaven and earth is mine. And the interesting thing is that Jesus does that on our behalf, gives over himself to us so that we can have that authority, so that we can recognize, one, who he is, and two, whose we are and what, uh, what we are doing. Now, remember when we were talking about the commissioning, that, that it is the authority piece of commissioning that we need to, we need to really hold on to because now Jesus', Jesus authority, we have, we have the ability to act in that authority right now. And it's not just for them. It's not just their authority, the, the disciples' authority. It's our authority as well. We get to act on behalf of Jesus, and we get to do that because Jesus' radical love for us allows us to, to do just that. And, and, and he gives that authority to us. And, and so then he, he doesn't just give this authority to us just for fun. You know, he's not, not like, hey, take that authority and do whatever you want. No, he says this. He says, therefore, go. And, and in the Greek, that's, that's an imperative. Uh, an imperative is a command. And, and Americans are not really so excited about receiving commands. Uh, you can see that now on TV when people are being ordered to stay at home. And, and so they go and decide to protest the COVID uh, virus, like, like the virus cares if they're protesting. Uh, but protest what's going on. And, and while I understand uh, people saying, hey, we have the right to do what we have the right to do, don't do that. <laughs> Don't go protest the virus. Stay home. Do, do what you need to do to keep yourself and your families and, and those around us safe. Um, and, and here's the deal. Just because we have authority doesn't mean we get to do whatever we want. Like I said before, Jesus gives authority, but he gives authority to go and do what he has already demonstrated to them. And that's the kicker for this. So, friends, a lot of times when I tell people about uh, we, need to, we need to be carrying out the Great Commission, they get really nervous that that means they've got to go stand on a street corner uh, and, and start yelling about Jesus and about how other people are sinners and they need to repent and turn to Jesus. And, and I, I want to encourage you that that's not the Great Commission uh, that, that is not something that's going to help people out. Um, that's not something that's going to build people up. Jesus is saying, guys, y'all walked with me. Y'all heard my teachings. You saw how I interacted with people. You saw the people I interacted with. I want you to do the same. Love people the way I loved people. Treat people the way I treated people. Encourage people, build people up, and then share with them the good news of my life, death, and resurrection and what it means to them. That is the commission that we receive. Therefore, go and make disciples. Therefore, go and make disciples doesn't mean, therefore, go and beat somebody over the head with the Bible. It means go and share the good news of Jesus Christ. And Jesus is good news. And so, again, if you're doing things just to avoid trouble, uh, you're doing it wrong. This isn't to avoid trouble, but to pursue the glory of God's kingdom 
to pursue the glory of God's kingdom. Now, I, I don't know about you, but there's a whole lot of difference when I'm motivated to do something on my own or, or because I'm excited about it or I'm motivated because of uh, a fear of retribution or a fear of letting somebody down. My motivation counts. And so when I think about uh, being a part of the kingdom of God, being able to carry out the mission, being able to do the things that Jesus wants me to do, it brings me to life. And my hope is that you can experience some of that as well. Now, I want to put this in a more, more modern perspective, and it's not super modern because it was in 1944, but June 6th, 1944, there was a mission that was carried out by the Allies in World War II. Uh, that mission was Operation Neptune, which later became called D-Day. And D-Day was the storming, uh, it was the Allies making inroads into Normandy so that they could have a beachhead, so that they could start a land invasion against Hitler and, and the Third Reich. And so what we have here is, this is a picture of a landing craft, and, and the landing craft would, would drive up in the middle of being shelled, in the middle of being shot at, drive up and offload uh, folks, over 24,000 uh, troops got off of these landing crafts and when they when they landed and and exited the landing craft the landing craft operators would go back and they would get more and the reason that I'm putting this up there is because they knew that this mission was critical and when we have a critical mission when we when we know that we're part of something critical it can motivate us to be different in mindset about that mission just like it motivated them a year after d day uh, the the germans surrendered and and this they knew that this was a pivotal moment the leadership knew it the soldiers knew it everyone knew that everything hinged on this victory and so they worked tirelessly to make it happen and, and so i wanted you to know that they, the reason that I'm bringing this up is because when we think about Christ's mission, we, we're not thinking about it. Christ's mission isn't just a mission, friends. Christ's mission is the mission. This is what we are here for. This is what Jesus came for. And this is the opportunity that he gives us to partner with him, to come alongside him and to make a difference in his world on his behalf, to make a difference in his world on his behalf, because he has given us authority to do so. He has commissioned us for the mission of the Father. And I, I, I hope that you will, you will think about that and you'll process through that. And maybe you've got some ideas, how can I, how can I really do that? And, and maybe some of you are sitting out there and going, well, in con it, it's super easy not to do that right now in quarantine. Uh, but I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. I think we're in a special time right now where we can do something phenomenal for the kingdom of God and you don't have to go in and out. You don't have to do any crazy things. It, it's just um, opening your heart to others. Uh, the first thing that I would like to say is, and this is not, I'm not calling anybody out because I'm not creeping on anybody's social media platform, but be nice online. Choose the, the love over the hate online. You don't have to go and, and find somebody that disagrees with you and, and rail against them. Stop, stop being a jerk. Let's, let's be nice to people online. It's time to, to, to let go of the anger and the animosity, whether it's against our leadership or against your neighbor or against somebody in, 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 at work that you work with. Let it go. 
Let, let it go to, and give it over to God. That doesn't mean uh, flop over like a dead fish. It just means you don't have to express all of your vile venom and anger on, on social media. Let it go. Maybe, maybe if you're having trouble with this, pray before you post. Ask God what he, he thinks you should post about, and maybe then you'll post pictures of puppies and butterflies. I don't know. Uh, but whatever it is, that's, that's kind of what we're looking for is, is stop. Uh, don't be a jerk online. L- be filled with love. Be the light and the salt of the earth, uh, even in the online world. Uh, share that care and, and compassion with others. The second thing is be creative. Find new ways. I mean, this might take the form of uh, you go to the grocery store and you get the opportunity uh, while you're at the grocery store. Give a great smile to the checker who is a human being, beloved of Jesus Christ, who is sitting there day in and day out checking people in and not knowing what, what, what germs he or she is, is carrying home to his or her family. These are the same people that we interact with on a daily basis. If they don't offer you two, if you can't take two gallons of water, don't get angry. Understand. People, other people need water too and be gracious. Oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. I didn't, I didn't know I couldn't have two gallons. My bad. Uh, can I take it back for you? Uh, there would be crazy. That's radical love right there. Offering to take the water back after they tell you you can't do it. Because uh, I witnessed a lady just go crazy and start yelling at people uh, because she was uh, unhappy because she couldn't get two gallons of water. Let's not be that person. Let's be more, uh, more like uh, the, the people that we're, we're reading about online that that are doing some amazing things because here's the the truth of it is Jesus said to do it and we need to do it we need to figure out how to serve Jesus in this time and what that looks like and so I want you to to understand that and and to maybe be a little bit more like this guy this, this guy's name, uh, you might have seen this on the, on the news this past week. This guy's name is James Juarez. He works at the Walmart in Nixa. And here's the deal. Uh, I don't know where James is spiritually. I don't have any idea if he knows who Jesus Christ is, but I want you to take note of what he did. Uh, he, while working at the Walmart in Nixa, he got a call from the Discovery Center, who right now the Discovery Center is, uh, is basically caring for the, the kiddos of our health and medical workers. So they're out there and they're caring for these kiddos. And one of the children uh, didn't have shoes that fit. They were hurting her feet. And so they had already placed an order at Walmart, an online pickup where they were going to drive up and pick it up. And if you know, those are like gold right now. You can't do it in the same day. It's got to be like four days down the road. So they called and said, hey, we've already got an order in. Would it be possible to add a pair of shoes to that order? And James was the guy that took the call. And James said, I'm sorry, I can't add that to the order because that's the way the system worked. But then James took his own money and went and bought two pairs of shoes for a person he never met and didn't even interact with in any way. He bought a pair of shoes that, that would fit now, they thought, and then a pair of shoes that they could grow into just in case uh, the, the first one didn't fit. This is what I'm talking about. Let's be creative. Let's be creative in the way that we can be the people that God has called us to be. Let's be creative in loving our community. Let's be creative in obeying the commission that Jesus has given us, that authority to be him to others. Let's treat people the way Jesus would. Let's love them the way Jesus would. And I know this is a tall order. 
This is not something that's simple. And it's not like saying, oh, no, well, no problem. It's going to take effort. It's going to take work. And it's going to take trial and trial and trial and sometimes failure and sometimes getting back up and working at it some more. But I promise you, friends, that this kingdom that Jesus is building is an everlasting kingdom. And all of the work that you do for it now is going to be beneficial, and you're going to reap the rewards. Now, I'm not saying you get a special gold star if you, if you do this, but think about this. A, a really good friend of mine said to me one time, and it was a profoundly transforming moment for me. He said, every, moment, every morning I wake up and I pray, God, please let me do something today that makes you smile. And so my hope is that you will join me in finding new and creative ways to make our Father smile, to make Jesus smile, and to make them both proud of the effort and the, the, the tireless energy that we put into the building of God's kingdom. Because Jesus called us into this great commission, and Jesus sends us and unleashes us on the world so that we can transform the world in his behalf under the power and guidance of the Holy Spirit, which we'll talk about next week. And friends, we can do this. We can do this because Jesus has said we can. And, and and Jesus is right here with us in the process. So my hope is that you will go and you will love your neighbors well. That you will make a difference in their lives by, by being a part of their lives. And that you will work to make disciples for the transformation of the world. Let's pray. Almighty God, we give you thanks and praise for the gift you give us in Jesus. For the love that you offer to us and the way that you have changed us from the inside out. We thank you for resurrection, for, for the gift of Jesus' life after death, and, and for allowing us to be a part of that. God, let us come alive in you. Let us be more like Jesus in everything we do. And Father, if there's somebody out there today that, that is on the that verge of, of taking a step across the line of faith, encourage them. May your presence be with them. May they, may they hear and feel you right next to them. And may they know that this is the right decision, that, that trusting in you has never, is not going to lead them astray. It's going to lead them into a better relationship with you and to a deeper and more abiding sense of joy and happiness in the building of the kingdom and in the growing of our hearts and minds more into the image of Jesus Christ. Father, pour your spirit out upon us that through your Holy Spirit we may be transformed more into the image of God, more into the obedient children that you deserve, and more into the joy-filled overwhelming force of love that you have unleashed on the world. We ask this in the name of God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And all of Cassidy agreed and said, amen.